Hey, it's Tom Matthews from Return of Living Dead and Friday the 13th, Part 6, to name a few. And you're listening to the Bean Joe Grizzly Podcast. Enjoy. Let me introduce myself. I'm Joe Grizzly, bitch. I am Mean Joe Grizzly, and when I'm not on the phone asking the question, what's your favorite scary movie? I'm at the Grizzly Cave, watching movies, reading comics, listening to metal, and of course, crushing beers. What up, Mean Militia? Mean Joe Grizzly here for the Mean Joe Grizzly podcast. I hope y'all enjoyed that intro from Ghostface because that means we're going to be talking about one of the most anticipated horror films of this year that stabbed and slashed its way into theaters last week. I'm, of course, talking about Scream 6. But before we get started, I want y'all to take a second and follow the show on all social media platforms as well as joining my Mean Militia on the show's official Facebook group by clicking the links down in the episode description. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show on whatever platform y'all listen on. By doing this, y'all support the show and help me continue to talk to y'all about all forms of badassery. With so much hype and anticipation, could Scream 6 truly deliver? Let's talk about it. This is Grizzly Grade Reviews. So, Screen 6 takes place a year after the events of Screen 5 with Sam and Tara moving out of Woodsboro and to New York City to try to start a new life and try to leave behind all the trauma they experienced in the last film. And both are handling it in different ways. Sam is seemingly going from therapist to therapist to seek help the more conventional way, while on the other hand, Tara is dealing with her trauma by having the full-blown college experience with partying and doing what college kids do just acting like it never happened. They aren't alone though. The Meeks twins also moved to New York and are attending the same college. And although their lives aren't completely normal, they're all functioning pretty well considering what they've all been through. But all of that comes to an abrupt halt when a new ghost face emerges in the Big Apple and begins killing again with Sam and her group as its primary target. Now, I'm going to start with a spoiler-free review and talk about some of the things I liked and some of the things I didn't like. Uh, Performances overall were good. The best performance is definitely by Melissa Barrera as Sam, and the best supporting performance is definitely Jenna Ortega as Tara. And I think the next best performance in this movie is definitely Chad. He had a great arc, and we actually got to see him like come out of his shell a little bit 
and M Mason Gooding did a really good job of making that character a lot better. As far as the bad performances go, I can only talk about one, and, and I'll have to talk about the other in the spoiler section. So if you've seen the movie, make sure you stick around and listen to the spoiler section. Uh, Mindy, just like in the last movie for me, Mindy's performance, the, the character of Mindy being performed by Jasmine Savoy Brown, it just felt phoned in the entire time. I might, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority with that because a lot of people have praised this actress and her portrayal of this character. I'm just not feeling it, guys. I, I feel like that she's just there collecting a paycheck, and I could be wrong, or maybe she's just not that skilled of an actor. I, I believe she also, I believe that she is also in Yellow Jackets, and I think that she's great in Yellow Jackets. So I don't really understand why. She just, I don't know, everything just feels like it, this isn't who she really is, if that makes any sense. Like, and I understand that she's acting and portraying a character, so it's probably not who she is, but she's not selling it good enough for me. It all feels real phoned in. Uh, the, as far as the kills go, now, I can sit here and talk about the kills probably this entire thing because this is the most gory and violent of the franchise hands down and much like in screen five they all feel extremely personal like and this is like the halloween kills of the screen franchise but unfortunately the kills just aren't innovative and scream is a franchise that is very stabby kill oriented if that makes any sense it's just little stabs in the stomach or in the neck or whatnot there's no like big innovation like i don't know like cutting someone's heads off a of garden shears or something like that there's that's just not that's not the screen franchise it's very simple very nonchalant with the kills but nevertheless it's extremely vicious and it's just mean and this ghost face does not give a fuck. <laughs> he will attack anywhere at any time. And he is relentless. When he comes after you, you know you have your work cut out for you. Now, the setting of New York. I felt like this movie used the setting and the environment of New York very, very well. From the opening scene, we get the restless city, the dark alleyways, the crowded streets that that they take us into these high-rise apartments the subway system they completely exceeded my expectations with that and i think that every everyone was actually expecting this to be like very similar to like the jason takes manhattan approach but they delivered and they even trolled jason takes manhattan with some movie footage on a tv in one of the opening scenes and the speaking of the opening scene, the opening scene is is very unique to the franchise. Um, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in the in the entire franchise, or really, even recently in horror. I don't think we've seen anything like it. And I again, I cannot talk about it because I will spoil the, the film. So just go check it out, and then come back to this review, and then it'll be in my spoiler section. This review, uh, I. I want to get to the problems with the movie my problems with the movie 
And this is gonna be hard to do without spoiling the movie, so I'm going to do my best. Scream is one of the few franchises where every single movie is good. And I mean that. Most horror fans can respectfully agree that Scream does not have a bad movie in its franchise. And that's really rare. Most horror movie franchises have at least one piece of shit movie. And this franchise is probably Scream 3, and it's still a watchable and enjoyable movie. That's very unique. Wes Craven really had something special when he created the Scream franchise. This is also the franchise that has the exact same formula every single time. They, just about every time they do the same thing, same song and dance. And yet, it is still good and entertaining. With that being said, the first film is the only one in the entire franchise that 100% does a great job at keeping the killer's identities pretty well hidden. The rest of the franchise, not so much. There's a couple, couple of ones that I can say, maybe even Scream 4, that was one that I was really... Try, having a hard time guessing the killer but most of the movies in this franchise you can guess the killer almost immediately and this movie was no exception which is one of the few downfalls of this sequel the killer is pretty obvious after a certain point the other big issue I have is the third act to the movie I mean it becomes almost a parody of itself and I, I don't know if if that was the intention but that is how it felt to me characters become incredibly stupid and cliche and the reveal was incredibly lackluster simply put I just wanted more I wanted them to take more risks but instead they simply reverted back to the same quote rules of the first four films in the franchise and I'm not talking about Randy's rules I'm talking about the rules that were in place until they were broken in Scream 5 and that's all I'm going to say about it until their spoiler review the one thing about this franchise is the constant and consistent praise on how smart it is with how it picks apart the horror genre and how the characters don't do a lot of dumb shit but this one throws it all out the door and becomes unbelievably ridiculous in that third act like for example there are several times in the third act where they have disarmed the killer and have him outnumbered and they run away. What in the fuck? <laughs> it's just unbelievable. Or there is a scene where the character clearly is stabbed multiple times and somehow survives it. When I say stabbed multiple times, I am talking about like just flat out like it was so ridiculous that it was the equivalent of surviving a decapitation in my eyes it makes no damn sense and I understand that we're watching a movie but come on man 
<laughs> that hasn't happened since the first Scream trilogy. <laughs> and again, Scream 5 fixed that finally. <laughs> so it's it's franchise regression to me. And it, it lowers the stakes of the movie significantly. And finally back to the reveal at the end it was so blah I just God, I wanted so much more and I will go over that in the spoiler section coming up I just wanted I wanted them to take such a big risk I wanted them to 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 do so much more uh, I also did not care I just I did not care for how they utilize some of the legacy characters there's literally no point in, in Gail being in this movie She's barely in the movie. And I'll get to that sec that in the spoiler section as well. The other one is they bring back Kirby. And I don't mind how they brought back Kirby. But she's barely in the movie. She's like watching from afar. And I just didn't like how they utilized her. So overall, though, up until that point to the third act, even... With that lackluster ending, I completely was on the edge of my seat the majority of this movie. It is legitimately the most intense of the franchise, which is why the ending was such a damn letdown. So before I move on and go into my spoiler review, I'm going to give you all an opportunity to jump off here. Uh, I'll be giving my rating at the end of this episode. So if you want to fast forward ahead and just hear my rating, you can. But I'm getting into spoilers now. In three, two, one. All right, you've been warned. We're in spoiler territory. So, although I really hated to see her go, the opening of this movie, uh, you have Samara weaving sitting at a bar waiting on a tender date she, it's a blind date obviously and the the killer is calls her calls her on the phone posing as the the date which i believe he was the he was the date the whole time this was the whole trap and they he tells her he's lost so she walks outside to try to meet him and he lures her down an alleyway which is just ridiculous and the killer even calls calls her on it saying you teach a class apparently she teaches a horror class and she teaches it on slashers he's like you teach a class on on slashers and you walked down an alleyway a dark alleyway alone so i thought that was really good and then they killed my girl samara weaving which kind of seemed like a waste but it was still good to see her in this movie even though she was the first victim and this is where we get this double fake out and you see you you they immediately take the mask off of Ghostface, and it's this college kid that knows Tara that's planning on killing Tara and Sam, but Ghostface actually kills him and his roommate first. Turns out him and his roommate were friends of Richie, the killer from the fifth movie, and at least that's how I understood it. I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, forgive me on that. I. It's, it's been a couple of days since I've seen it. But for some reason, I remember Richie having something being tied to those two guys. So Ghostface ends up killing killing him. And this just, this opening, from this opening scene all the way to the third act, and even through the goofy third act, 
Man, I'm not lying when I tell you this movie was intense the entire time. This is probably the most intense scream that we've ever had. That's why I compared it a lot to to Halloween Kills when it comes to like the kills and, and the violence, even though, again, they're not innovative. They're very basic kills, but they just feel so damn mean. Kind of like how Dewey's death in Scream 5 just felt so personal and so hateful when he was gutted. It's kind of like that with this one. There, But there is a plethora of very intense chase scenes and very intense scenes in general. Like there is one scene where they are literally crawling. You see it in the trailer. They're crawling from a with a utility ladder from one window to another window in a high rise with a long drop at the bottom. And that scene was super fucking intense. Then you have a scene where it's actually the scene that Gail has her shining moment and this is going to get into a part that I'm going to bitch about so Ghostface goes after Gail and Gail puts up a hell of a fight and she is talking shit the entire time in this fight even when it seems like Ghostface has got her cornered Gail actually gets a gun and you see it in the trailer. She gets the gun and she's like, that's why I'm gonna shoot you in the head. And really she's like, that's why I'm gonna shoot you in the fucking head. And she shoots at the door and there's no answer. At that moment, she is in this room that looks like, it looks kind of like a closet. So she's in a closet. There is one way in and one way out. There is no way that he could get the drop on her or Ghostface can get the drop on her. And this dumbass bitch walks out. And I'm sorry, but that that's that is so con- counterintuitive and contradicted to this franchise on how people are they the, the, the people are smarter. At least that is how that is how I have always perceived Scream is that Scream is actually the one where people are smart and they don't they don't die in stupid ass ways besides like there's a couple of examples, obviously, like Tatum or Rose McGowan's character in Screen 1 tried to crawl through a fucking doggy door and got killed. That was dumb as shit. But most of the time, this this franchise isn't known for having dumb characters. And that's the problem that I've had with 5 and now that I have with 6 is that there are just dumb-ass characters in these movies now. And I don't really understand it. I don't understand. I don't understand the point of reverting from what you were. Now, back to the Gail moment. So Gail walks out of this walks out of this damn closet, and of course, Ghostface gets to jump on her, and she ends up reversing on him and actually having to jump on him, and has him dead to rights literally gets the knife away and you think that she's about to finish off Ghostface and gets she gets stabbed in the stomach and gets brutalized and Sam and Tara show up to save her and it's like Kale's gonna die she stopped breathing EMS comes in is Gail gonna die Gail's gonna die. They're gonna add. They're gonna add weight to this. Gail's gonna die. Another legacy character's gonna die. We got a pulse. They get Gail back, and I was like, "Damn it!" Like seriously, 
kill off these characters so we can let these other characters stand on their own. And even though Gail didn't feel like a pivotal point in the movie, like she didn't really even need to be there, they they had her there for emotional weight. And they didn't kill her. It just doesn't make any sense. With that being said, one of the characters that I felt like had a lot of development, and I mentioned it in the spoiler review earlier, is that I think Chad Meeks did a great his his development was a lot better. I mean, he was a real likable character. I, I I liked him interacting with Tara and all the other characters, and he get he he is the one that I was talking about that got stabbed like thirty seven times, and it was he was stabbed so many times there was no fucking way he survived, and somehow he survives. And at the end of the movie, he's sitting there literally like joking around and cutting up like he's fine not that he not that he's got like fucking 37 stab wounds in his gut just completely un- unbelievable and ridiculous and all this stuff takes place in the third act and one of the things that i want to talk about before i i, I just don't want to shit on this movie i know i'm going all over the place but there's so much there's so much good and there's so much bad and there's so much okay and one of the big things that was really good, and you see it in the trailer, is there is a shrine to this entire legacy of this franchise in this movie that the killer from from Scream 5, Richie, actually built himself. He has all the murder weapons from all the ghost face. He's got memorabilia from all of these incidents, all these murders. To the point that when Kirby and the group walk in there, Kirby actually sees the knife that stabbed her in the stabbed her in the stomach in Scream Four. Really cool stuff. That he even had the TV that crushed Stu's head. Now, I'm gonna get back to this in a second. But speaking of Stu, because this is gonna tie into what my point, one of my other negatives of the movie. I wanted so bad for Matthew Lillard and all of the articles and everybody saying that that Stu Mocker was dead and he was not coming back. I wanted him to come back so bad or at least someone related to him to be involved in being the killer in this movie. And instead, they confirmed that he was dead. And they went a completely different route. And I will get to that in a second. But I really, really, really wanted... I just... I wanted Stu to come back. I felt like that his death was kind of ambiguous in the first scream. It's something that he could have very well survived. It would have just been awesome to have either him come back or someone related to him that had just become obsessed with this case and bided their time to strike at this group just to continue everything, even though it wouldn't have really made any sense because Stu doesn't have any ties to any of the characters currently on the roster besides Gale. But I don't know. I just always wanted that character to come back. I guess, I guess Scream 5 would have been a better opportunity for that. But nevertheless, I'll get to the killers in a second. 
that room was so fucking cool this this layer that was like this old theater that had all this memorabilia in it and i just thought that that was really really cool very cool way to pay homage to the entire franchise now this is where i get to the 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 reveal of the killer and my worst performance of the movie and there are three ghost face in this movie or there are three killer or two two ghost face and one mastermind that's telling them to do everything uh that never really was confirmed we just know that there was 100 percent two ghost face and one mastermind that may or may not have worn the ghost face costume and that is detective bailey detective bailey was the father of tara and sam's roommate that was seemingly murdered in the second act of the movie and this goes back to the whole suspending disbelief and everything that's fallen off the rails in the third act uh the other roommate of chad is the other one that everyone was like real suspicious of the whole time he turns out to be the son and in the other ghost face but this cops this detective seemingly staged where his daughter's body would get switched with another with a cadaver body and blah 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 and uh, the other thing is is that Dermot Moroni that plays Detective Bailey he I, I don't know what he was thinking with how he gave this performance because it is flat out goofy it is literally mer like dick dastardly mustache twirling villainy it's it's so it's so fucking bad he's so goofy it's like he was trying to it's like he was trying to channel like what matthew lillard did with Stu mocker which we all know that that performance may seem goofy to some but it was actually a really good and maniacal performance uh dermot moroni could not pull that off I just wanted more out of that. And I understand that it, it makes sense and it is the safe, it's the safe choice for the killers. The problem is, is that the way that they went about it was implausible and just ridiculous. You didn't switch no bodies. That's not something that happens. You don't switch bodies. That's just, that does not happen. So we're supposed to, you have a franchise that's steeped more in realism and we're supposed to, to think that this guy, a New York City police officer, switched a body and got away with it? No fucking way. Impossible. And although they're all kind of crazy and hamming it up on the screen, it just, I don't know. That third act was really rough for me. And But, well, like I said, it was still, I was on the edge of my seat. They just done really dumb shit. There's, and... and they get to a point where when the killers are revealed it's Sam, Tara, and Kirby and Kirby actually fires a couple of shots but they have bulletproof vests on and she falls and passes out because they got the better of her Detective Bailey actually had everyone thinking that Kirby was the killer so Kirby was a red herring which explains why they had her being so scarce in the in the movie didn't like that choice i really wanted her to interact with the characters more and there's a there's a little interaction between her and, and mindy meeks but 
other than that, she's in the movie maybe a total of five or ten minutes at the most. It, it just didn't it, it didn't feel very fulfilling. It's good to see her back on the screen. Hayden Panteri is great, and her character Kirby is 100% a fan favorite. I don't know anybody that hates that character. Everybody wanted that character to come back and was thank God that she did come back. We just wanted more out of it. Uh, Sam, Melissa Barrera's character, goes completely off the rails in this third act and embraces her killer instinct, and they brought back fucking Ghost Billy. <laughs> Although, I will say this, the way that it is utilized in this third act is much better than what they did in Screen 5. It was a little more tolerable because she was actually seeing his costume that he wore in the first screen movie and she dons that costume and ends up killing Bailey with it on and everything completely embracing this crazy side of herself so we're sitting back and we don't know whether or not she's gonna you know just not take no shit and just kill anybody that crosses her or she's gonna suppress it again or what but in that moment she made daddy proud and she stuck a knife hunt knife right through Bailey's eye and it was gnarly and it was disgusting so they did get some of that right and they did things a little bit better in this one than they did in five but nevertheless the ridiculous stuff that I was talking about in the final act that that along with the whole hiding bodies and all this shit and letting killers get the weapon again after you've disarmed them and you got them outnumbered by by three to one odds there's a scene where Tara and Sam have the killers where they want them. And instead of going ahead and killing them, they decide to scale this balcony in this old movie theater, which sets up this whole tension filled moment where Tara is telling Sam that she's got to let her go. You got to let her go because... I've got to be able to do it on my own, which is the whole theme of the movie is, is being Sam being overbearing for her sister because she was trying to, she was trying to help her sister get past everything in a healthy way instead of going out partying and getting drunk and not dealing with it. So that kind of came full circle, but they did this ridiculous shit to get to that moment, which led to them both killing the two ghost face and then, Back to the showdown with with Bailey at the end, but it was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous that they climbed up on this damn balcony and they had to fall. Tara had to fall off this balcony for this message to get across. It is. It. I don't know. It was. It was ridiculous. And I know. I know that I'm shitting all over this movie. And it sounds like I absolutely hated this movie. I did not. I rather enjoyed this movie, and I will be. I would probably say I'd probably say that I enjoyed this one more than I did five and I enjoyed five as well but we'll talk about that at the end more towards the end with the rating overall I think that this movie has so many the first two acts are so damn good I just wanted so much more from what we were given but the one thing that it sold us that 100% delivered was this is the most intense, thrilling, and violent scream that we 
we're going to get. And with that, I could not agree more. That is 100% correct. Uh, I believe that this is, in my opinion, this is the most violent ghost face we've ever gotten. Uh, four's got a pretty violent ghost face, and so does five. But this one, he's it's just violent throughout, from the from the scene in the gas station to the to the to Gail's apartment to the the therapist kill to the alleyway scene they they're pretty mean with their kills i just wish screen would get a little bit more innovative with their kills that's just that's always going to be a problem for me and the other the one little negative is is every every screen movie has this moment this is like speech moment where where someone gives the randy speech and that's been mindy the last the last two movies and i'm sorry guys i'm i want to elaborate from my spoiler free review earlier but i'm just i'm not i'm not sold on the i'm not so i'm not sold on the on Mindy as a good character and as a replacement for Randy I, I, I don't I feel like her performance is so phoned in it's just it's just about her Randy speech was the most blandest shit that I've ever seen it was so bad I just think they need to they, they need to they might need to move on from that from that actress she's just she's just not good and she was another one that probably should have died, but somehow came sprinting and, and hopping along back at the end of the movie after getting almost eviscerated in a, in a subway. So I, I don't know. I, I sound like I'm just shitting on this movie and I don't like it, but I can honestly say that I had a good time and, 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 I, and it, was, it was one I'm probably going to watch again. And... If I had to give it a ranking right now, I'd like it better than five. And I would probably put it interchangeable. It'd probably be interchangeable at the middle spot between three and four with five. So it'd be, if I had to do my ranking now, it'd be one, four, six, five, three, and two. I hated Scream 2. But we're going to save all that for when we actually do a ranking, a ranking episode. But what's the verdict, guys? I think it's it's an intense thrill ride that kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time. Had a great first two acts. It, great performances overall, but there are a couple of really bad performances. I I, I think that it delivered on most of what it of what it was going to say, but that third act really hurt it for me. So with that, I'm going to give Scream 6 a 3.75 out of 5, and it's Grizzly Gray guarantee. Go see it. Tell me what you think. I want to know your ranking. There's some people that are saying that this is the greatest Scream sequel ever made, and there are some that are saying that this is the worst Scream sequel ever made. That's that's a lot of the horror YouTubers that I trust. They're either in that that camp or the other camp. Me, I'm somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's the best. I definitely don't think it's the worst. 
I think it's very enjoyable and it's comfort, comfortable right there in the middle. So go out and see it and let me know what you think. And with that, we bring another episode to an end. Thank you all so much for your continued support. Without y'all, the show isn't possible. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to click the links in the description below to follow me on all social media platforms. Hey, if y'all enjoy the music for this episode and the intro and outro music, go check out Carl Casey at White Bat Audio on Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Music. Um, I appreciate y'all's patience on me getting this episode out. I, I wanted this episode out on Friday, but if you pay attention to my social media pages, you know, I'd had my, I lost my, my dog Ernie and it's been a little bit quieter in the grizzly cave and a little bit less cheerful. So it, it took me a little bit to get all that squared away and i really appreciate your patience uh the next episode we got i honestly i we gotta look at it i want to do an episode on 65 but we got the last of us that just finished up uh we got shazam fury of the gods coming out got a lot of stuff coming out so it could be a toss-up it could be a grab bag of stuff uh we'll just have to see just uh, stay tuned and again thank y'all for your support I really appreciate y'all but until next time remember I'm Joe Grizzly bitch <laughs> <laughs>